0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. In 1698, a horse litter transported less than precious cargo on a journey of nearly 300 miles from southern France to the city of Paris.
1: The litter was dark and windowless. The man inside was barely alive after spending 12 long days in a rickety windowless box.
0: The litter was no bigger than a chair, but the prisoner had an extra layer of confinement. His face was hidden behind its own kind of cage. When the carriage
1: arrived after nearly two weeks of travel, the people of Paris were shocked to see the prisoner emerge. Sunlight blinded the man's eyes through the slits
0: of an iron mask. The man disappeared into the darkness of the Bastille, a large fortress prison. His name would never be known. The people would only know him by his signature punishment, the iron mask he wore at all times. It would come to define his identity and his legacy.
1: The man in the iron mask slipped quietly into death, never speaking a word to anyone. But his personal jailer and still hundreds of years later the true identity of france's most mysterious prisoner remains a secret
0: in life there's so much we don't know but in this show we don't take we don't know for an answer every thursday we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on earth.
1: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Parcast original. I'm your host, Richard. And
0: I'm your host, Molly.
1: At Parcast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network.
0: And if you enjoy today's episode, The best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. We also now have merchandise. Head to parkast.com merch for more information.
1: You can find all previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries as well as all of Parkast's other shows on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
0: This is our first episode on the man in the iron mask, the mysterious French prisoner whose true identity has never been revealed. In this episode, we will consider the theories about the identity of the man and try to construct a chronological timeline for his life as we know it.
1: We all wear masks. We wear them out in the world. We wear them at costume parties or on Halloween. But what if you were forced to wear a mask and you could never take it off?
0: Something about this story sinks into the pit of one's stomach. Just imagining a crudely made iron mask firmly fastened around your head and face forever sends chills up the spine.
1: The man in the iron mask was arrested and sentenced to life imprisonment in the year 1669. In addition, his face was locked into a hideous iron mask. To this day, it is unclear who he was or why he was arrested at all.
0: The only clues we have about this elusive, mask-wearing prisoner are certain details which, at this point, are conflated with the legend so intimately that it's hard to separate fact from fiction.
1: Over the centuries, historians, politicians, and authors have investigated the mystery of the man in the iron mask. Yet, we still have not been able to confirm the identity of this enigmatic 17th-century prisoner.
0: His story was told, interpreted, and repeated by some of the most prolific writers in French history, including Voltaire, who published an essay on the man in 1753 and helped bring him to prominence. Later, French novelist Alexandre Dumas immortalized the mysterious prisoner as the man in the iron mask, a character in the Three Musketeers book series, and later gave the man his own titular novella.
1: These writers breathe new life into the masked man's story, adding their own pieces to the puzzle we are faced with today. In reality, we don't know for sure who he was, why he was imprisoned, or if he even did really wear an iron mask.
0: The legend of the man in the iron mask spans over 300 years. The masked man himself lived and died in the 1600s, but his saga has continued on into the present day. And so, to fully understand this mystery man, we must trace his story back to its origins by exploring the historical context of 17th century France.
1: Because we don't know who the man really was, we can only hypothesize what his life was like before he was imprisoned in the mask. In this episode, we're going to talk about the historical context of France at the time that the man was first imprisoned. We'll also look at the lives of some of the men
0: who may have been the man in the iron mask. Then, in our next episode, we'll engage with some of the wilder theories about who the man really was and make our best guess as to this mystery's explanation.
1: A major part of the man in the iron mask legend was and continues to be the incredible allegation that the prisoner himself bore a connection to the king of France at the time, King Louis XIV. Louis was better known by his self-proclaimed moniker the Sun King.
0: The Sun King was known for many things. He was the first to introduce chocolate to the courts, he commissioned the building of the architectural marvel, the Palace of Versailles, and he also established a notorious legacy for centralizing his power as a totalitarian, which set the stage for the class divisions that would eventually lead to the French Revolution.
1: Louis XIV was the son of King Louis XIII and Queen Anne of Austria, which is an important point when considering the mystery of the man in the iron mask.
0: There are three leading theories about the identity of the mysterious man in the iron mask. The first, that the man was an illegitimate half-brother to the sun king. The second, that the man was actually the twin brother to the king and the third suggests the man was a disgraced noble who was given a false name and imprisoned for life. Without
1: zeroing in on any specific theory too closely, it is safe to assume the full story of the Man in the Iron Mask likely begins during the reign of the Sun King's parents, King Louis XIII and his wife, Queen Anne of Austria.
0: In 1615, Anne of Austria, who was actually Spanish and a princess of the House of Habsburg, married Louis XIII, the King of France. The marriage established an alliance between the two great monarchies in an ambitious goal to start a new age of positive relations between France and Spain.
1: King Louis XIII and Queen Consort Anne didn't have an affectionate relationship. Louis XIII was known to be stern and dour, and that naturally didn't create a productive environment to help him and his queen produce an heir to the French throne.
0: After ten years of marriage, Louis XIII and Anne had not yet conceived a child. One incredible theory suggests Cardinal Richelieu, the king's chief advisor, even proposed they hire a surrogate to father a child with Anne. This theory proposes that the man in the iron mask was that surrogate and that he was the biological father of King Louis XIV.
1: Now, there's no evidence to prove this theory was anything more than a rumor, but it's important to note because it illustrates a common theme about this mystery. The man in the iron mask's punishment was so bizarre and severe that most assume he must have done something to truly upset the monarchy. And even though there's no proof that he served as a surrogate to the queen, there were other rumors about an illegitimate child that began to circulate in the
0: mid-1620s. Queen Anne was beautiful, foreign, and according to historian Paul Cennino, quite lonely in her marriage to Louis XIII. It was possible the queen became close with a member of the court, or perhaps she didn't, but someone sought to be close to her. In
1: 1625, the vulnerable, airless French kingdom sought an alliance with England. Henrietta Maria, who was the king's younger sister and princess of France, was betrothed to King Charles I of England. During the engagement, the French court escorted the princess of France and future queen consort of England to her new home across the English Channel. But before they reached the beaches, King Louis fell ill and the party had to stall at a nearby palace
0: for a few days. That summer... While her husband lay bedridden, some historians speculate if Anne of Austria had a correspondence with the illustrious Duke of Buckingham, George Villiers. The Duke of Buckingham was an English nobleman who had an eye for women of royalty.
1: According to Sonino, sometime between June 7th and June 16th, 1625, the Duke of Buckingham and Queen Anne of France took a
0: secluded stroll through the palace gardens. At one moment, the queen and her consort were seen striding through a maze of bushes and flowers, and the next minute, they were gone. Some time passed by before, suddenly, a woman was heard screaming. Days following the incident in the gardens, the queen was said to have expressed fears that she was pregnant, and even referred to the Duke of Buckingham as a brute.
1: Unfortunately, that's as much as we know about the confrontation though a statement made by the Duke of Buckingham later in life reveals he, quote, in the course of his life had made love to three queens, end quote. The implication here is that the queen was raped by the Duke, or she had an affair with the Duke and later tried to frame it as such to justify the unexpected pregnancy.
0: We tell this story because, as mentioned earlier, a major theory about the identity of the man in the iron mask was that he was the illegitimate son of Anne of Austria and thus the older half-brother to the future king of France, Louis XIV.
1: If this theory holds any water, we must look for clues as to when the queen may have given birth to the man
0: in the mask. That said, it's difficult to entertain the idea that the queen gave birth to an illegitimate child sometime before she produced an heir with the king.
1: As Queen it would have been virtually impossible to conceal the birth of a child. A royal birth was a grand occasion where the whole court was usually present. So as of now, this theory is mostly speculation.
0: And yet, if the queen was pregnant with an illegitimate child, did she find a way to hide her pregnancy? Was she afraid she would be humiliated if anyone found out?
1: The big question is, did Anne of Austria give birth to a secret child who then grew up to become the man in the iron mask? Was the prisoner truly bound to the monarchy by blood?
0: We'll consider other possible theories and delve further into the history of France through the 17th and 18th centuries after this. The most
1: exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo.
0: How so?
1: Looks pretty rectangular to me.
0: It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit. Or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a
1: rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products.
0: Now back to the story. In 1630, the Kingdom of France was vulnerable because its monarchs, King Louis XIII and Queen Anne, had not yet produced an heir. They struggled to do so for most of that decade, though their relationship was further strained in 1635 when France went to war with Anne's native Spain.
1: In August of 1637, Cardinal Richelieu found evidence that Anne was corresponding with her family back in Spain. The cardinal saw this as evidence that Anne was conspiring with the enemy. In a panic, Anne made an attempt to flee the country, but Richelieu discovered the arrangement and brought her before the king, where she confessed she had been planning to leave him.
0: The king was furious with his wife for her betrayal, but he did not punish or imprison her. He still needed her if he wanted an heir.
1: He refused to speak to her for a time. But on a cool autumn night in 1637, during a violent thunderstorm, the king felt the urge to pay a visit to his wife. According to historical records, it was this special night when the stars were aligned that the king and queen conceived a prince. Louis XIV was born in Paris on September 5, 1638. The newborn Dauphin, which was a term given to the heir apparent of French royal houses, was declared the gift of God. His birth was seen
0: as a miracle. But as King Louis XIII held his son high for the whole nation to behold, was it possible that Queen Anne had remained in her bedchamber because she was preparing to go into labor for a second time?
1: The most famous legend of the man in the iron mask asserts that the prisoner was the twin brother of King Louis XIV, because of how long it took for Louis XIII to produce an heir, he realized that France might be destabilized if his twin sons fought for the throne.
0: Now, this belief almost certainly came out of a campaign of negative rumors about the monarchy, which were in wide circulation during the build-up to the French Revolution. But there are some facts to consider that may validate the twin theory.
1: First, if we believe this twin brother story, Then we must consider why anne of austria may have kept the twin birth a secret
0: perhaps anne was counseled to send her second child away out of protection twin heirs created complications the child born first was generally believed to have been conceived in the womb second which meant the second born son would be the legitimate heir to the throne
1: as we've examined the french monarchy was incredibly unstable at the time And since the newborn Dauphin, later known as King Louis XIV, had already been regarded as heir by the crowds,
0: maybe the queen knew two identical heirs would be the downfall of the kingdom. And thus, she hid the birth and existence of Louis XIV's twin brother in an attempt to save France from a foreseeable civil war.
1: Alexandre Dumas, propagates the twin theory in his novel The Man in the Iron Mask, published in 1850. In the novel, Dumas spins a wildly imaginative, mostly fictional tale depicting what could have happened that night when the Sun King and his hypothetical twin brother were born.
0: He envisioned the second twin brother had been whisked away in secret from the palace by the queen's midwife, a character named Lady Perrinette.
1: Although the early life of the legendary Man in the Iron Mask might be deeply rooted in myth, something we do know for a fact is that 31 years after the birth of the Dauphin, on August 20th in 1669, a mysterious man was arrested under direct orders from King Louis XIV himself, a man named Eustache Daugé.
0: The captain of the garrison of Dunkirk was instructed to arrest on site a certain Eustache Dauger. The captain sought out Doger, arrested him, and had him delivered to the citadel of Pignarol in French-occupied Italy.
1: Days before the arrest, the king's minister of war, Francois Michel Letellier, Marquis de Levois, sent a letter to the sitting governor of Pignarol prison, Pinigne d'Auvergne de Sommar.
0: In his letter, Letelier instructs saint to prepare a special cell for an incoming prisoner. He writes, quote, You must never, under any pretenses, listen to what he may wish to tell you and threaten him with death if he speaks one word except about his actual needs.
1: So, Doger's arrest in 1669 lines up with the timeline of when the man was first reported as being imprisoned. We finally have a potential name for the man in the iron mask. But was the prisoner's real name Ustas Doge? Or could Doge simply be an
0: alias? In the letter to Saint-Mar, L'Atelier stated that Doge is only a valet and will not need much furnishings. If Doget was only a humble servant, then why was he arrested under express orders directly from the king? And why was Sanmar ordered to threaten Doge De with death if he ever spoke a word about anything that didn't pertain to his immediate needs?
1: What did Eustache Doge know? Why did the
0: King of France want
1: so desperately to silence an inconspicuous manservant? There are some theorists who point to another prisoner, also named Eustache, for answers.
0: The questions raised by Doge's arrest takes us to the story of Eustache doge de Cavoyer, a man who vanished at around the same time Eustache doge was sent to Pignerol.
1: Some historians over the years have debated whether or not Eustache doge and Eustache doge de Cavoyer were actually the same person, and that the record just stripped him of his noble name before admitting him to prison. And one interesting thing about this possibility is that if the man in the iron mask was Eustache D'Augé de Cavoyer, he almost certainly deserved to be in prison.
0: A born and bred member of the bourgeoisie, D'Augé de Cavoyer's father was a nobleman and his mother a lady-in-waiting to the queen.
1: After serving in the military, Eustache reportedly fell into a depraved lifestyle. Eustache's family caught him attending a ceremony known as a black mass. A black mass was a ritualistic gathering which inverted the rituals of the Catholic tradition. It was a ceremony where people were free to worship pagan gods and often practiced forms of witchcraft. The stigma around this tradition ruined Eustache Doge de Cavoyers' reputation.
0: After being disowned by his family for his deviant spiritual beliefs, Doge de Cavoyer became mixed up in a truly deadly trade. Around the time of the mid-1670s, he began trafficking illegal poisons, selling his supply in the streets under the euphemism, inheritance powders.
1: When the notorious trial, the Affair of the Poisons, was held in 1677, Eustache Doge de Cavoyer was one of the prominent members of the aristocracy incriminated in the scandal. Keep in mind, This was almost a decade after our masked man was arrested and imprisoned in Pignerol in 1669.
0: The affair of the poisons trial was a national upset, which accused certain nobility of purchasing illegal poisons in order to get rid of rivals at court. In fact, the king's own mistress, Madame de Montespan, was one of the accused. Because of this, the king kept the trial short and concluded his official investigation in 1678, around the same time Ustas doge de Cavoyer went missing.
1: So because the scandal implicated the king, he would have wanted it to go away quickly, which would have meant locking Cavoyer up and throwing away the key. But disinherited or not, Cavoyer was still a member of a noble family. So it's possible that his full surname was shortened to just Dogé so that the official prison record would cover up his true identity and not bring any more shame to his family. The rumor of the mask started here, as it was suspected that the mask would cover up the prisoner's real identity. But we should clarify that there was never any report of an actual mask until over a decade after Doge was first imprisoned.
0: In L'Etelier's original letter to Saint Mar, the name Oustache Doger was written in handwriting different from that used in the rest of the letter's text, suggesting that a clerk wrote the letter under Letelier's dictation, while someone else, very likely the Marquis himself, added the name afterward.
1: This doesn't necessarily make the case for the name Oustache Doge, but it does garner further questioning. Why would Letelier need to write the name on the arrest warrant himself? What
0: was he hiding? One other possibility is that our man was named Eustache Doge precisely because he was imprisoned at around the same time that Eustache Doge de Cavoyer was. The name Eustache Doge was bestowed on the unknown man specifically to create this kind of confusion that we're discussing right now, essentially, to mask the real Eustache.
1: All we know for certain at this point is that someone was admitted to the fortress prison of Pignerol under the name Eustache Doger in 1669 at around the same time the mysterious man in the iron mask would have been imprisoned.
0: Now, before we dive into what we know about the man's first few years behind bars, we need to examine some interesting events that occurred in the years leading up to 1669. These events may provide some additional clarity on who the man was.
1: In 1661, a scandal had rocked the French Empire. Nicolas Fouquet, the superintendent of finances, was arrested for embezzlement charges against the state. King
0: Louis XIV, only 23 at the time, had been invited to a housewarming party at the superintendent's newly renovated chateau, vaux la Vicomte.
1: Supposedly, the night was a spectacle. The best artists in the country performed epic plays and musical numbers. Guests dined on plates made of gold and feasted like kings.
0: Although Fouquet's intention was to impress the king with his lavish display of wealth, he managed to do just the opposite. His lavish show of wealth embarrassed the king.
1: The young king had recently sold a large sum of gold to fund his war with Spain and was living a little more frugally than normal at this point. When he attended Fouquet's party, he became suspicious and jealous of the immense wealth Fouquet had put on display.
0: The king had absolute power, so he had his superintendent of finances arrested. At the end of a lengthy trial, Fouquet was found guilty on charges of embezzlement and was sentenced to banishment.
1: But banishment wasn't good enough for the king, who wanted Fouquet to suffer for the shame he brought upon the crown and Louis commuted Fouquet's sentence to life imprisonment. In 1664, Fouquet was taken to Pignerol, where he would become the fortress's sole prisoner for five years until the arrival of the man in the iron mask.
0: This information about the charges against Nicolas Fouquet, at the least, tells us that Pignerol was the prison where King Louis sent his most loathed political prisoners, if
1: Pignerol were the prison where the king sent Nicholas Fouquet and one mysterious man named Eustache Doge, then does this imply the man in the iron mask could have been a political prisoner as well?
0: As Letelier had instructed, Eustache Doge spent the first few months of his incarceration in solitary confinement. He wasn't permitted contact with anyone but Sonmar. We're not even sure if he was aware of Fouquet's presence at all.
1: A few months after Doge's arrest, however, Fouquet's family hatched and carried out a plan to liberate the fallen noble. His former servants snuck into the prison and supposedly, while they were looking for Fouquet, made contact with the man in the iron mask.
0: We don't know what was said or if the servants even managed to make contact with the man. And the reason for that is that Sanmar took drastic measures to ensure the servants never got out alive.
1: The jailbreak fell apart and Fouquet's two servants were arrested. Sanmar promptly had them both hung outside the fortress where Fouquet could see them from his cell.
0: After that, Doge spent the next couple of years in total solitary confinement. Days turned to weeks, weeks to months, and soon years were passing And he still was not allowed to speak a word trapped in a cell separated by enough doors so no sounds could get in or out
1: at this point sometime in the early 1670s one of fouquet's manservants named champagne died it was common at that time for nobles to have servants even if they were imprisoned french law entitled fouquet to have two servants and it was Saint-Mar who had the idea to use Doge as a replacement valet.
0: Doge was still supposed to be in complete isolation, so Saint-Mar wrote to L'Atelier and asked permission to put him to work. In the letter, Saint-Mar described Doge as a man who lives content, as a man totally resigned to the will of God and the king.
1: Because it was hard to find a valet who would take a job in prison, L'Atelier wrote back, permitting the use of Doge as Fouquet's second valet only on occasions where his original surviving servant, La Rivière, was completely incapacitated.
0: During this time in history, it was unthinkable for a member of the royal family to serve as a valet, even in prison. Due to this fact, the theory that the masked man was the twin or half-brother to the king now seems improbable.
1: But this could also be the origin of the rumored mask. If Douget was really some noble or even an heir to the throne, then saint may have forced him to wear a mask whenever he interacted with Letelier to hide his true identity.
0: Of course, it's also possible that the man was just a valet, like L'Etelier claimed in the arrest warrant. But then why would there be such secrecy surrounding a valet's identity and imprisonment?
1: In 1671, a charismatic prisoner was admitted to Pinarol, and this man's presence may provide yet another clue as to the man in the iron mask's real identity.
0: We'll discuss the goings on at Pinarol in 1671 and onward, right after this.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? A berry twist on a classic breakfast. Perfect for giving those growing minds a blast of creativity. <laughs> with a new berry way to Pebbles. Yabba Dabba do You with Berry Pebbles. Head to postpebblescereal.com to learn more. Yabba Dabba and the Flintstones and all related characters and elements. Copyright and trademark Hanna-Barbera. Now back to the story. By 1670 a man officially known as Eustache Daugé had spent years imprisoned in France's Pignerol prison. Daugé was not only isolated in his cell, he was also reported to be forced to wear a hideous iron mask.
0: We've discussed the possibility that Eustache Daugé was an alias for a more well-known noble, Eustache Daugé de Cavoyer, but is there further proof as to the man's real name?
1: In 1670, while the mysterious man was serving his first few years in Pignerol prison, Antoine Nompard de Commont, the Duke of Lausanne, had fallen in love with Anne-Marie Louise d'Orléans, Duchess of Montpensier, the King's cousin. La Grande Mademoiselle, as d'Orléans was often referred, was the richest heiress in France and known for being very selective when it came to her suitors.
0: Although it was quite unfit for a duchess to marry outside the royal bloodline, the duke was a friend of the king and possessed great confidence that he was a worthy match for the heiress.
1: As was customary, de Commont and d'Orléans could not be married without the king's permission. Yet surprisingly, when the king was asked to bless the marriage of the star-crossed duke and duchess,
0: the king said yes. The wedding was scheduled for the 21st of December in 1670. However, in the days leading up to the ceremony, King Louis XIV changed his mind and called off his cousin's wedding.
1: In a righteous act of vengeance on King Louis after the king canceled his wedding, the duke who had become a colonel among Louis XIV's royal regiment turned to espionage. He planned to get a secret message to the Dutch about an impending French invasion.
0: De Comand roped in a friend and saddled his horse to ride for Brussels to warn the Dutch, but King Louis XIV had spies all over the kingdom, and he caught word
1: of the duke's treachery. The Duke of Lausanne was arrested on the spot and imprisoned in the Bastille for just under a year until he was transferred to Pignerol in 1671.
0: So there were now three known captives at Pignerol. Fouquet, Ducomont and our unidentified masked man, known only as Eustache Daugé.
1: For obvious reasons, Fouquet and Ducomont were kept isolated from each other. And for not so obvious reasons, Fouquet's mysterious, possibly masked valet was never allowed to be in the room if the dupe were present.
0: In contrast to Nicolas Fouquet, who was sentenced to life imprisonment, de Caumont was set to be released at some point. Sonmar didn't want the Duke telling people about Doge when he got out of prison.
1: Nonetheless, Colonel de Commont was an experienced war veteran and renowned athlete. Amazingly, he had managed to, on multiple occasions, shimmy up the chimney in his cell in order to inconspicuously enter Fouquet's quarters.
0: That means the Duke likely did meet face-to-face with Doge. And that also means he may have smuggled out more information about the man in the iron mask. In
1: 1678, L'Etelier sent a peculiar letter to Fouquet, who had officially surrendered to his dismal fate behind bars. In the letter, L'Etelier asked Fouquet if his valet had mentioned anything about, quote, what he has seen, what he was employed at doing, or his past life.
0: Does this imply Eustache Daugé, whoever he really was, may have known a dangerous secret? Maybe even a secret more threatening to the state than what Fouquet knew as former superintendent of finances.
1: Fouquet passed away in prison in 1680. A year later, the Duke was released. Years after his release, Antoine Nompard de Conmont described a particular meeting with Fouquet while he was imprisoned at Pignerol.
0: In the biography written by his friend, Gassian de Cortiles de Sandras, the Duke dictates a meeting with Fouquet, saying, quote, he could not keep from turning towards another prisoner of state who had come to join them, tapping his finger against his head, as one does when one means that someone is touched, end quote. Meaning... Moussin met another prisoner along with Fouquet, who seemed odd or otherwise strange. This may be proof
1: that de Commont encountered silent and stoic Doge on one of his covert meetings with Fouquet. But unfortunately, it appears the duke didn't get any specific secrets out of him.
0: Antoine Nopard de Commont served 10 years in prison and was released from Pignerol in 1681. That same year, Saint-Mar was transferred to oversee the frontier stronghold of the Exiles, 60 miles away. He served there for seven years and then was transferred again to oversee the prison island of Saint-Marguerite. For some unknown reason, Saint-Mar had Dogé transferred along with him. In fact, he kept Dogé by his side for the next two decades.
1: Some speculate that Salmar's actions here indicates that he was propagating the myth behind the man in the mask as part of a plan to stay relevant. But that doesn't really track with Salmar's previous efforts to prevent anyone from interacting with Doge.
0: What is more likely, though not confirmed, is that Louis XIV required Salmar to keep watch over Doge, no matter what prison he was stationed at. The court didn't want anyone else knowing about Doge. saint had been Doge's jailer for over 10 years at the time of the first transition, and it made sense to just transport the prisoner as well.
1: But as we've said, this is conjecture. There's no confirmed reason as to why saint did what he
0: did. Unfortunately, there is also almost no record of the masked man's life in the exiles and Saint-Marguerite and more specifically there are no records of the prisoner being forced to wear an iron mask
1: this of course leads us to one of the most groundbreaking revelations in this entire saga the iron mask may not have existed at all or at least not in the way we think of it
0: the prisoner was kept isolated and silent during his time in piñarol but beyond the rumors that circulated at that time there was never any actual record that he was forced to wear an iron mask.
1: Since we don't have the records from the Exiles or Saint-Marguerite, it is hard to say for certain if the famous iron mask even existed at all.
0: The iron mask itself remains the most intriguing part of the unexplained mystery. If it didn't exist, then how do we know of it today?
1: <laughs> Lieutenant Etienne de Junca was an official at the Bastille during the time of the masked man's incarceration there. Dujunca's notebook is the primary source for information we have about the man's strange mask.
0: When the prisoner did arrive at the Bastille in 1698, he was, according to Dujunca, wearing a mask. Now, whether that mask was iron or something else is still up for debate.
1: On that day in 1698, after the perilous journey from Cannes to Paris, junca wrote in his notebook that Samar arrived at the Bastille and, quote, brought with him in a litter a longtime prisoner whom he had in custody in Pignerol and whom he kept always masked and whose name has not been given to me nor recorded.
0: Later comments by Dujunca on the prisoner's appearance proved to be even more revealing. After a few years in the Bastille, the prisoner was noted by Dujunka to have been well-treated and that the prisoner was permitted to attend Sunday Mass so long as he kept his face covered by a, quote, black velvet mask.
1: This begs the question, was the legend of the man in the iron mask simply an exaggeration of a man in a velvet mask? If so, where did the iron mask myth originate?
0: And another thing, was the prisoner forced to wear a mask? Or did he choose to wear a mask? And if he chose to wear it, then why?
1: The mystery gets even more puzzling when we consider the man's death certificate. In 1703, France's famed masked prisoner died while in the Bastille. and Saint-Mar buried him under the name Lee.
0: Why, if the man in the mask was originally arrested under the name Doge, did Sanmar write on the man's death statement, Marcia Despite
1: being six feet under, the mystery surrounding the identity of the masked prisoner continued to inspire intrigue among people, specifically the Princess Elizabeth Charlotte, sister-in-law to King Louis XIV. She wrote a letter in 1711 speculating about a quote, man who lived masked for long years in the Bastille and masked he died there.
0: The masked man took his secrets with him to the grave. But the mystery of his identity would become an obsession for two of the greatest writers in French history. François-Marie Arouet, better known by his pen name, Voltaire, was a budding playwright of early 18th century France. One of the most influential thinkers during the Age of Reason, his writings questioned the ethics of a country ruled by the divine rights of kings.
1: After a short spell in law school, Voltaire surprised his parents by dropping out to pursue playwriting. He knew he needed to spread a message of freedom to the people, and the best way to do that in a country where only 3% of the population could read was the theater.
0: Voltaire worked tirelessly on an adaptation of Oedipus, the famous Greek tragedy of the King of Thebes. He submitted his contemporary take on the ancient myth to the most prolific theater in Paris, the Comédie Française.
1: Unfortunately, Voltaire's play was initially rejected, and as he went about revising his opus, he began to share verses with friends. Alas, Those friends were actually spies, and they ultimately informed
0: on him. The spies revealed to the king-regent, Philippe II, Duke of Orléans, that Voltaire was working on a satirical verse in reference to the gossip going around town, which suggested the king's incestuous conduct with his daughter, Marie-Louise Elizabeth d'Orléans, Duchess of Berry. And so, in 1717, the regent sentenced Voltaire to an 11-month imprisonment in the Bastille.
1: While imprisoned in the Bastille, Voltaire made use of his time and interviewed the oldest inmates in a determined search to uncover the truth about the mysterious man arrested in 1669, the so-called Man in the Iron Mask.
0: Maybe Voltaire felt some kind of kindred connection to Doger. Because by the time he was released, Voltaire published a series of writings declaring the identity of the famous masked prisoner as having been the illegitimate son of Anne of Austria and Cardinal Jules Mazarin, which gave people more leeway to question the integrity of the controlling monarchy.
1: Not only was Voltaire responsible for the illegitimate half-brother theory, but he was also the first to describe the man's supposed iron mask in detail stating that the mask had a, quote, movable hinged lower jaw held in place by springs that made it possible to eat wearing it, end quote. Ultimately, maybe Voltaire's goal in perpetuating the story of the man in the iron mask was to depict the king of France as a monster, a cruel tyrant who would imprison his own brother and force the captive to wear a crude mask made of iron. If that was his
0: objective, it worked the man in the iron mask became a symbol of the monarchy's oppression. The mysterious man became part of the rallying cry. His fate, whether fact or fiction, demonstrated a desperate need for change.
1: During the afternoon hours on a summer day in Paris in the year 1789, a revolution broke out in the streets. Artillery houses were raided, and an enlivened
0: mob marched to the Bastille. The people stormed the fortress and raided the barrels of gunpowder stored there. Amazingly, while the majority of the mob stocked up on weaponry, others had claimed to have found the skeleton of the man in the iron mask, with an iron mask still riveted to the dead prisoner's skull. Whether the iron mask found at the
1: Bastille during the revolution was fabricated or not, the man in the iron mask continued to motivate the masses to fight back against the ruthless French
0: monarchy. Astonishingly, some claim the supposed mask found at the Bastille survived the revolution, and in 1855, people paid admission to see the iron mask. The inscription in Latin claimed it was, quote, the identical mask which the famous prisoner in the Bastille had worn during his incarceration.
1: This iron mask can still be viewed today at the Langres Museum in northeastern France, though most skeptics believe the mask displayed there is a fabrication. As the years went on, the relentless search for the prisoner's identity persisted. But will we ever be able to fully uncover the mysterious
0: identity of the man in the iron mask? Was he an illegitimate older brother to the king, or the king's twin brother? Or was he just a humble servant, but a servant who knew too much? Could the
1: man in the mask have been a fictitious figure invented to motivate the people of the French Revolution? Or maybe the man was invented by a fame-hungry jailer with
0: aspirations of eternal fame? And, saving the best theory for last, could it be that the man in the iron mask fathered a child while in jail, a child who would later grow up to become the emperor of France.
1: Stay tuned for next week's episode where we will attempt to unmask the man in the iron mask. For more information on this topic, we'd recommend The Search for the Man in the Iron Mask, a historical detective story by Paul Cennino, which alongside other sources was extremely helpful in our research for this episode. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Unexplained Mysteries. Come back next week when we conclude our investigation into the centuries-long legend
0: of the man in the iron mask. You can find all previous episodes of Unexplained Mysteries as well as all of ParCast's other shows on Spotify and anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
1: Several of you have asked how to help us. If you enjoy the show, The best way to help is to leave a five-star
0: review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time. See you next Thursday. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer.
1: Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, Sound design by Andy Waits with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Liebeskind. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Unexplained Mysteries is written by Avery Ruda and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.